Welcome back to the King's Outsiders. Um, today, we'll be having a mock draft, but before that, uh, Milwaukee Bucks, Bucks <laughs> won the NBA championship with Giannis winning MVP. I know it's been a while since we talked to you guys, but that's what happened. They beat the Suns in six games, just like I called out. You could ask a couple of my friends, but um, what did you see in that series? <laughs> I saw you with a bunch of bullshit lying. <laughs> uh, man, Giannis, bananas, dude. This guy, he answered some real questions about his playoff uh, performances. Like those last two games, this guy was just playing out of his mind. And yeah, I mean, it, Middleton, same thing. He's he really stepped up. Yeah. Even Drew on the defensive side. He had that big uh, game five, right? Where he just went off. Yeah, he was big down, Drew the stretch, down the stretch of game five, and then he was pretty big. <clears throat> he was big in, in the fourth quarter of game six, too. Like, he ripped Booker a couple of times. He ripped yeah. Chris, Chris Paul a couple of times. Like, Chris Paul's known for having very few turnovers, like a great turnover assist ratio. And he had. A lot more steals than normal. In yeah, he's games. also known. He's also known for choking too, which is what he did. <laughs> so not really. I don't agree with that. I don't think he's known for choking. I just think that he's known for getting hurt. So he never, he was never a great playoff performer because he was always hurt when he was in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I think he's uh, he was tied Blake Griffin for uh, series loss after being up two and zero. And now he's the his all time leader in series loss after being up two now. Damn, that's an interesting stat. Whatever, I wasn't sad to see the Suns lose. They're talking too much shit, honestly. And uh, I like the Bucks. I like Giannis, so I'm happy for him. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I didn't really care who's gonna win the championship, but. I guess I I do like Drew Holiday as a person, and just seeing him win it is pretty cool. But now that that's over, season's over. Uh, next season's gonna be pretty much like a regular season. It's starting up pretty quick in about a month and a half. And this year, something that's different is the draft is coming before the NBA free agency, and that draft is actually one day away. So we decided to do a mock draft. And so, we'll start that off right now with yeah, the number we're one. Gonna a, we're going to do a rapid-fire mock of the first round, mostly because my partner here is not prepared. So, we're just going to do that rapid-fire. I've been wanting to break down the prospects, which I really didn't end up doing. So, this will be the opportunity to talk about a couple guys that I really like. Um, in this mock, it probably they probably won't be going to the Kings, but – at least I'll put it out there who who I like and who I think would be good targets if the Kings decided to move back or acquire another pick. Yeah, so we're just doing something quick. We're just also trying to get this out there before the draft, which is tomorrow. So trying to make it short and sweet. So I'm going to start this off with the number one pick, the Detroit Pistons select. France. I'm just kidding. <laughs> They're going to go with Cade Cunningham out of o- Oklahoma State. Ooh, okay. 
Big surprise. <laughs> Big surprise, man. I uh, There was a lot of uh, speculation that, that Detroit would just do something crazy. Yeah, so pretty much <clears throat> he's pretty much everybody's saying he's going number one. He's probably the most uh, big upside. He could run the offense pretty good. He's known as a good defender, good floor general, um, good off ball defense. Really, he's not a very good defender. He's pretty much good at everything except defense. Yeah. Well, off ball defense, kind of like help defense, is what they're saying. He's good at uh, three point shooting, is what he's good at. He's six foot eight. The only downside is probably his wingspan, which is six eight. Usually when people are the same. Wingspan as their height means that they have um, poor defensive uh, ability, but supposedly so far everybody's saying he makes up for it with his explosiveness. And that's unofficial wingspan. He didn't he didn't do the official measurements prior to the draft. So, but that's likely because he doesn't have a big wingspan and he didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, he's also known to be like com- comfortable off the pressure. Pretty much, he's kind of supposedly like a complete player, but like all oh, number one picks before him, we'll have to see him prove it in the NBA. But I mean, right now, he's a consensus number one pick. Yeah, and especially like as far as fit, a lot of people are kind of questioning the fit because, I guess, mostly because Killian Hayes, who they drafted last year. And I don't necessarily agree with that because while Cade brought the ball up pretty much all of last season, um, I don't think that he has to. Like, I think he could have maybe even a better role as a secondary ball handler. So, and Killian is not a very versatile scorer. So, and wait, you. You uh, cut off for a couple seconds. Okay. What were you saying about Killian Hayes? I was saying that w- that was their pick last year, and he's a true point guard. You know, like he's not he's not known for being a very versatile scorer. So I think that it would be beneficial to both of them to to split the to split the load as far as far as bringing up and handling the ball. I think they. Yeah. Are- I think they might be able to play off each other pretty well. And then Detroit's already pretty locked up with young talent at the forward spots. And they they have solid bigs, too. I mean, nothing spectacular, but <clears throat> Plumlee's yep. pretty, <clears throat> pretty fire as the bet. And Isaiah Stewart was impressive at times last year. <clears throat> yeah, pretty much when you're Detroit and you're in the position they're in, you just – draft for talent you don't try to draft for fit so if you have the number one pick you just go with pretty much what everybody's saying kind of like what the king should have done when luca was on the board but <laughs> we'll bring that up i know and, I hate uh, bringing up. that's like the that's like such the king's fan thing to do is bring up the past but yeah no nah, we're not we're not even gonna go there we're not gonna go there just keep yeah going. we won't go there today but there's a number one pick. If it'd be a shock if he doesn't go number one. If he does, it's probably a trade or something that happens like that. And now for the number two. 
Man, number two, Houston Rockets. I'm having a real hard time here because I've had I've seen some some re- reports that there's been conflict uh, between the Rockets organization and um, the camp of Mobley. I think that, in my personal opinion, Mobley's probably the better prospect um, between Jalen Green and himself, and I think that. Where the Rockets, the way that their roster is constructed right now, I think that either way would be a pretty solid match. Like, I think they're a little more stacked on guards because Kevin Porter, John Wall, Clemens, Tate, Gordon, like, all those guys can contribute contribute right away, I feel like. I think there's another young guard I'm forgetting too, but... Um, and then on the other side of it, Christian Wood is is super versatile as a big. He could play the four, he could play the five, he could he could play on the perimeter, he could definitely play down low. He's very athletic, and he's a pretty solid defender. And all that applies to Mobley as well. So I think that those guys could kind of be a great tandem, like twin towers, super athletic twin towers. <clears throat> um, so it's kind of a toss up, honestly. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jalen Green here, though, just because of, of the reports I was talking about with possible bad blood between the camps. So, yeah, with the second pick of the 2021 NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. Jalen Green. G- what do you do with John Wall in that case? Uh, if it was me, I'm keeping John Wall because he's just, he's still serviceable. He's still serviceable. Yeah, he's good. he would be a good mentor for any young guard. Uh, and his contract. I mean, what are they gonna what are they gonna do with that contract? Are they gonna give up assets to try to flip him? Because yeah, there's think... rumors that the Lakers want him, but it'd be hard for them to get to get him. Yeah, I I mean, I wouldn't be mad at him on the Lakers, but for the cash, that just doesn't make much sense. So, yeah, keep him and just work Jalen in, depending on how his development goes. And then, yeah, I'm, I'd say they're definitely going to have to move on from Gordon at some point this season. Yep. But, yeah, you're on the board, Cav number three. <clears throat> oh, well, I guess I should – I mean, I'm assuming most everyone that is listening to this is – Familiar with Jalen Green, he's one of the most high-profile guys in this draft. Super athletic, super bouncy. He's got pretty good size for two guard. Uh, I watched him in the G League bubble, and he didn't blow me away personally. But I think his role was a little bit lost with them trying to spread the touches. Uh, overall, he was pretty efficient, and I think if he can stay healthy and if he can just keep on improving that three ball because he's I mean he's really not anything special on the defensive end he's below average and I don't expect that to change but like I said with his creative shot making and uh, if he's able to improve that long ball then man he'll be very solid offensive player in the NBA for a long time to come yep he's I've Heard a couple of things like he's also pretty quick, kind of like what John Wall is. So it's, 
a good mentor for him. He's got a really good they say that's a really good first step, but really it's his third step, supposedly, which is like the deadliest. Like he could get around defenders pretty quick. And once he gets around the defender, then it's curling into the basket. Just he, he might not have that many opportunities in the NBA like he did in the G League, but if he does get into that space where it's kind of spread out, which on this team on the Rockets, you could see that happening just because like Christian Wood and Eric Gordon and some other shooters they have. You can see that happening. So, yeah, I like the pick. For number three, I'm kind of having a hard time with this because number three is Cleveland Cavaliers, and they already have Jerry Allen, which is a really solid big. The Cleveland Cavaliers have traded the number three pick in the 2021 (laughs) NBA draft. No, they haven't traded it. I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the fit, but at this this point, at this pick number three, if you do anything except draft Mobley, you're tripping. Unless they were to get a good trade. Yeah, Cleveland, like Detroit, is kind of in the same space where you just have to draft the best talent and then you just figure it out. So with that said, you're just going to have to go with Evan Mobley at center, seven-footer from USC. Yeah, buddy, one of my absolute favorite players in this draft. Super versatile big man, will be a very solid defensive anchor, just Obviously, as with most rookies, he's going to need to put on a little bit of weight. This would be my perfect, absolute perfect fit for the Sacramento Kings in this, in this draft if there was a way for them to whatever. I mean, if there was any way they could draft him or move up. or I mean, but yeah, it's super unlikely. So, Yeah, he's known for being able to set really good screens, uh, defending – Rebounding, he averaged 16 points a game, 8.7 rebounds a game. <clears throat> the only thing is he averaged 30% from three, but that's still something. It kind of shows that he ha- he kind of has it in his arsenal, but something he'll have to work on if he even gets a chance in the NBA. Tuh. But, of course, everybody wants three-point shooters, so I'm sure he'll be working on it. But we'll see if he develops it and is able to be up there like Brooke Lopez, shooting like 30, 36%, at least 30, 30. Once you shoot like 35% is where defenses start to like actually go out there and guard you, but we'll have to see what happens. But pretty much Evan Mobley, best center draft, top three player in the draft. So you go with him. Yeah, pick. I mean, I could see him playing. I don't know how well it would work, but I would definitely be willing to give a shot at him playing the four with Allen at the five. Yeah, you don't really see that in NBA, but I mean, you can try anything really. Just depends. Jared Allen's also a respected player around the NBA, I would say, so. He'd be a good trade piece. Yeah, if they, if they to move off of um, Colin Sexton, so you could probably throw them both in a trade and see what happens. 
if they were willing to move on from him, I definitely think there would be a lot of suitors. Uh, I mean, the King, honestly, if, if he was available, I, I would like the Kings to go after him. I don't know where they would get the money because he's about to get paid. But as far as fit, yeah, sure. That's why that's why I brought up the point. Do you think there would be any trade packages that would work for the number three pick between the Kings and the Cavs? I don't know if they would be interested in Bagley at all, but I would not. I don't think the, the Kings really have anything that will get them up to the top three spots. I'd move Bagley, the ninth pick, and take on Kevin Love's contract in a heartbeat if it meant uh, if it meant getting the number three pick, Kevin Love, Kevin, the number three pick for Bagley, number nine, and who else? I said Bagley, the number nine, and then take on Kevin Love's contract for the number three. Yeah, I think you might have to turn, uh, throw something else in for that though. I mean, I'm not sure what they'd want, but I'd listen. I mean, yeah, the the hard thing with the Cavs is that they're in rebuild mode, so you can't really throw in like a Harrison Barnes or something like that right now. You have right. to throw in. Would I mean? Would you be willing to throw in another first rounder? Because that's yeah. probably what I'd take. To be honest, I would. For Evan Mobley. Yeah. I'd give up two first. I'd give up this year's and. Probably next year's. What do you see as his upside then? What do you mean? For for Mobley, who would you compare him to? What's his ceiling? Yeah. Well, I've heard comparisons. I don't know if I would personally go this far, but I've heard the comparisons. Uh, Chris Bosh, which I I would agree with that, but uh, what I what I heard from an unnamed NBA scout was. Chris Bosch and Anthony Davis in one. I don't know. <laughs> That's pretty high praise. That's very high praise. And you're going number one, you know. <laughs> in in well, I mean, it, there's teams in the league that if they had the number one pick, I think they really would take him. It, but that's not the case for Detroit. Yeah, uh, probably team some really huh? great guards. You're probably talking about teams with like really great guards already, though. Right. But, yeah, I could definitely see – I'll say his ceiling would be Anthony Davis because it's hard to have a ceiling much higher than that. But his floor uh, his floor is very high. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be scared to give up two first for him at all. Yeah, and so far the Kings this offseason haven't really – they actually haven't done anything, so – Everybody's yeah, you, waiting for him to make a splash or something, but right, you keep on hearing how they want to be aggressive and blah blah blah, like they're gonna make a move soon and this and that, but we haven't seen it, so I don't know what to expect. I don't know if that means that they're if they're trying to move the pick, if they're trying to move up in the draft, if they're just trying to move get a more established star. The whole time I've been hearing that, I've mostly been thinking that it's something revolving around Ben Simmons, but then the reports today were his asking, like the Phillies asking price is so high that it's, that it's absurd. And there's no package that 
would be worth it for the Kings, you know? Yeah, that, weren't they asking like four number one picks or first round picks or something like that? I didn't hear that specifically, but I heard I heard the comparison of Harden-esque, like Harden-esque type of trade, yeah, which I think was I don't know what they're four, three or four first rounders. I don't know what they're thinking. Yeah, I don't know what makes them think that they're going to get that. So I think it's probably going to be if they're if they're talking about that today, it's probably going to be a lot closer to the season that he'll actually end up getting traded because they're going to have to have a lot of teams laugh in their face before they start realizing that they're way off base. Yeah. So out of these top three players, who do you think has the highest ceiling? Mobley, uh, Jalen Green, Kid Cunningham. Oh, who has the highest ceiling? Man, that's hard. So, I'd say the most complete, the guy with the most to offer, uh, the most the most well-rounded player would be Mobley because he can score from multiple levels, but he's also super good defensively. And if anything, if any knock, I'd say, like, for his size, he could probably be a better rebounder. Uh, Cade is a great ball handler and scorer, but he really doesn't offer much on defense. But he's also got a great body type for those positions, and he's not very athletic. So I'd say I'd say probably Cade is definitely higher than Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green could definitely be the best scorer out of the three. The best all-around player would be between Mobley and Cade, and just because I'm partial to him, I'm going to say Mobley. Mobley. Yeah, you like bigs, huh? I mean, I do, but or it's really like not even big. that. It's really not. It's this guy in particular. <clears throat> I like his. I like his attitude. I like his style of play, and I think for the teams that I like, well, mostly in this case the Kings, he's just the best fit. And thing, the thing, like him and Jalen Green are both undersized, like they're both skinnier than I would want them to be. So yeah. it's like a toss. I don't, either one of them could, could, you know, have knock on wood, but either one of them could have issues with, you know, that, that being a factor. So I'm definitely not going to go with Jalen green, but anyway, I could talk about that all day. Yeah. So now for number four pick of a 2021 NBA draft, the Toronto Raptors. The Toronto so. Raptors. The Toronto Raptors are going to go ahead and select. Man, this is another really hard toss-up between Suggs and Barnes. Um, I think it's pretty much a foregone conclusion that they're going to have to move on from Lowry. So I'm going to go ahead and say Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs, point guard out of Gonzaga. That's right. He's a little bit undersized, uh, not quite as tall as what I'd like to see a, a modern. Um, he's a great playmaker. He can put the ball in the bucket. He's hard. He's a hard-nosed type of player. I mean, he has a, a big-time football background. That's one of the things he's known for, very physical. Uh, and then, like I said, they're going to need a big-time guard to fill the shoes that Lowry will leave. 
I could just as easily see them go with Scotty Barnes. Like, I think he would be as good of a fit. But overall, um, Suggs is the higher the higher ranked prospect, so I think that would be the safer bet for them. Yeah. So Jalen Suggs. Jalen Suggs. That's the pick at number four. All right, then I guess with the number five pick, <laughs> the Orlando Magic will be selecting Scotty Barnes. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, Scotty, like you were saying already, he's he's one of the most solid uh, prospects coming out, one of the most NBA ready prospects coming out. And he's just like a solid player, kind of like the Villanova players. But his frame, he's six foot eight, small forward. And he's just a solid, he's just a solid all around player, really. He's known for um, being a good passer. He's not, he's not known as a great shooter, but, um, as small forward, I mean now. Nowadays, you either have to be like a really great defender or like a really good shooter, and um, he's just somebody that he has potential. But we'll have to see. He's the most like NBA ready prospect besides maybe Kid Cunningham, I would say, and Evan. Yeah, this guy has just about the best body type that you could ask for a rookie coming in. He's already built for the NBA. Great size, good ball handler. Point forward. He could easily be a point forward on the Magic because their guards are, are primarily scorers, big-time scorers. Um, an amazing defender. Yeah, he's definitely flawed uh, as far as scoring, especially shooting. Um, and I don't know, it feels kind of like Ben Simmons-esque to expect him to get much better at shooting because he's so far off base. And we said that about Ben, you know, if, if he just improves that jumper, then he'll be LeBron or whatever. And that shit still hasn't happened. So uh, my advice to him would be obviously that work on your stroke. And if he did, he would be perennial all-star. That dude would be very solid. I'd say, um, comparison in the league right now, it has to be Ben Simmons with uh, some, some, some definitely some tinges of Draymond Green. I maybe a little Draymond bit even Green. more like Draymond Green because he plays with so much fire. His his intensity reminds me a lot more of Draymond. It's just his athleticism and body type remind me more of Ben Simmons. Yeah, he's uh six foot eight, two hundred and twenty pounds. And he's they're saying he's able to guard people out on the three point. So yeah, I mean Draymond Green, both those people honestly there's people saying that Ben Simmons is Draymond Green. Just a younger version, but Ouch. Yeah. I mean he doesn't shoot the three, at least Draymond shoots the three, you know what I mean? Yeah, he's not a great. He, he'll he'll do it. Like he he's not scared to do it, really. But yeah, he, like pretty much 
he's NBA ready. He understands the game. He's a great defender. Uh, could get you layups, easy baskets like that. Layups, like little hook shots, get you. But don't count on this guy to be like a spot up shooter. You talking about Draymond? No, um, talking about Scotty Barnes. Well, all of them really. <laughs> well, way more athletic, better, a lot better dunker, like a lot better getting a full head of steam and going downhill to the basket than Draymond. Yeah. That that would be more like Ben. He's a great rebounder. Great rebounder. Yeah. But he's, um he's definitely a triple double threat. His only really downside is just uh jump shots and three point shooting. But besides that. I saw a couple of people comparing him to like Dylan Brooks, but Dylan Brooks has a has a jump shot and a three point shot, so I wouldn't I wouldn't take it that far. I wouldn't agree with that. He's a way better defender too. I mean Dylan's a solid defender, but not on this not on Scotty's level. People I mean scouts and the analysts and everyone they say he can guard one through five for sure. I would say a hundred percent one through four. Um and then some depends five. on five. Yeah, some fives. But yeah, that dude is this would probably be my second. At first, I was really hesitant because the lack of shooting and for a, a long time, that was a big issue for the Kings. But, like, just his, just his defense alone, even even if the dude was unable to score a basket, it, it's it's a lot like the Ben. It would be a lot like trading for Ben Simmons. So I'd say behind Mobley, this guy right here would be the second best fit for the Kings. Yeah. Just because of his body type, like his length, his um, even his build, like he has an NBA ready body. Mm-hmm. And you're, immediately your defense can get better, right? And he's gonna be, you know, this year we said so much that like the Kings were really missing that X factor, like they were missing a guy that won't get bullied and a guy that'll go out there and stick and have some balls, you know, like get in people's face or whatever when when your team's getting bullied. And I think that's this guy. Yeah. So that's Scotty Barnes. Scotty yeah, Barnes for you. I mean, I'll say that's good. I'm, I'm no Magic fan, but that'll be good for them. I mean, nothing's ever really good for the Magic. Actually, they never figure shit out, even when they do get good players. But... Yeah, but even Magic, like you have... Jonathan Isaac, you have Mo Bamba, you have um, dang, I'm trying to find. What's the point guard's name again? Um, Fultz. Yeah, Markel Fultz. And then um, who's shooting guard? Is Fournier right? But he's he's probably gone, unlikely. So now they have uh, Cole Anthony, Terrence, <laughs> Terrence Ross. Yeah, Cole Anthony is what I was thinking about. So pretty much like your only hole really is small forward now that they got rid of um, Aaron Gordon. Gary Harris. They got Gary Harris in that trade. Yeah, but didn't... Oh, yeah, they do. They still have him. I was thinking about somebody else. They have what? I was thinking about somebody else. The person that got trades to Bucks <laughs> and then to the Phoenix Suns. What was his name? You said someone that got traded to the Bucks. 
yeah, he's on the Bucks. He got traded from Denver, and now he's, uh, he went to uh, Tory Craig. Yeah, Tory Craig. I always get those two mixed up. Harrison, Harrison Craig. And Tory Craig. Yeah. But yeah, there's your number five pick, Scotty Barnes, small forward out of Florida State. And now for the number six pick for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Who are you going with? Um, I've heard a lot of speculation that they wanted to trade it, but obviously I can't pretend to know what people are wanting to trade for. So... I'll just go off of fit for the selection. But I will say this, actually, before we move on. Uh, I saw a couple interesting trade scenarios, um, suggestions, really, between the Magic and the Kings. Today, the one I saw today just seemed completely unrealistic, which was uh, Bagley. I think it might have just been straight up Bagley for Isaac. And I don't think that the Magic would be that stupid. But (laughs) if that trade was there, if that was ever a possibility, I would expect the Kings to take that in a heartbeat. For number five, you mean? Or just in general? Huh? Wait, just a straight-up trade of Isaac and Bagley? Yeah. So if that happened, you think they take somebody different at number five, or, or what are you saying? No, no, I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm just saying yeah, as potential trade partners, because the other one I saw was uh, a swap for their picks. I think swapping their second pick, which is pick eight, and the Kings pick at nine, and then including. Um, Mobamba. It was Bagley for and the ninth pick for Mobamba and the eighth pick. And uh, yeah, if that shit was on the table, I would definitely expect the Kings to take that as well. Because it's it's really, I mean, it's a similar story. Bamba wasn't taken as high. I'd say he wasn't. He wasn't quite expected to, to be what people were expecting Bagley to be. But um, neither one has really been able to do anything on their current teams. And it might be worth it to give them both a fresh start. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then, depending on what... The reports have been that since the Grizzlies obtained the 10th pick was that they were interested in moving up even more. Well, spoiler. Yeah. I guess we could have waited until we got to pick number 10, but they traded Jonas Valanciunas and what? um, 17. 17. To the Pelicans for Steven Adams. Uh, Bloodsoe and the number 10 pick. Yeah, they and... got robbed. Who did? I'm just playing. Oh. No, that was a pretty fair trade. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought it was pretty good for both parties. Yeah, it was. 
Um, Especially if they get off that blood so if uh, Memphis gets off of blood so then it's a good trade, great trade. And then it was reported like immediately after that they were hoping to move up even more. So right now, it wouldn't make so much. It wouldn't be much different for than the trade with Sack for the ninth pick. Like that's only a one spot different, unless they have their eye on the exact same person. But maybe to move up two spots to bypass the Kings and the Magic, then I feel like you have more leverage. Yeah. So do you think? Um, I don't. So you're saying you could see the Kings going up to number six spot, or do you think that um, they keep the spec? Do you think OKC? Because I don't, I don't see. <laughs> yeah, OKC. The only player hear... that they might be interested in is probably Bagley, just because he's a younger player. But you're talking about Buddy. I don't, I don't really see that happening. So what are you saying? What, what are, what's on? What do you have in mind for number six? Like, who would? You, what do you think OKC does here? I think they're going to make – if they were going to trade, I don't think it'd be with the Kings. I think they'd have better offers from other people. I don't know. I feel like there can't be any validity to these reports, but I keep on seeing Shea in the sixth pick. Like For what? For, big, for bigger stars or higher picks. That would be a mistake, honestly. That's what I think. What was the one I sent you? Shea in the sixth pick for – um. Oh man, I can't remember now. Who were they trying to trade with? Was it Pistons? Pistons um, was Pistons was one of them. And there was another trade too, which I I couldn't believe that they got turned down on both. Like, I'm pretty high, I'm really high on Shea. Uh, I think that would be basically the perfect backcourt mate for Fox. No offense to Halliburton. Um. But that's irrelevant. That's neither here nor there. I don't know why they. I don't know why they feel like they need to move on. He's the best thing they have going for them by far. Yeah, I think what you sent me was just like a fan trade. Really, it's not like something that was realistic. I'm trying to see if I could bring it up. I don't even know what fan would be doing that. Is it a Pistons fan? And to be honest, I think from six on, it kind of plateaus. I think they're still really solid players, but I, I don't think there's that big a difference um, in the quality of players, probably between six and between 10 and 12. So I don't think that I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy trying to move up to six from, from nine. Let me start potential. Star potential, sure. Uh, fit with the Kings, eh. I mean, so-so. Not enough to give up whatever they would actually have to give up. Yeah. If it was, if if they were just going to straight up give the ninth pick and whatever other combination of Bagley, Buddy, and I mean, really anyone except Halliburton and Fox for Shea, oh, hell yeah. Count on it. I would honestly give up Halliburton for Shea. 
You would. If it came down to it. Yeah. I mean, I would would throw in Halliburton, the number nine, for Shea. I can understand where you're coming from. Like, I think Shea is amazing, like I've already said. But, man, I just – Halliburton showed so much promise. Yeah. And and the the main difference for me would be um, that Halliburton's only one year into his rookie contract. And um, Shea is about to... He's probably one or two get, years away from being paid. He's about to get a second contract. So... I think it's his third year. Well, last year was his third year. He was in ba- in Bagley's class? Or... Let me look it up. <clears throat> So you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't throw in Tyrese. Sorry, I'm watching the Olympics. What did you say? You wouldn't throw in Tyrese. Yeah, he was in 2018 draft number 11 overall. I said you wouldn't throw Tyrese in to get Shea. I'd really have to think about it. Like, I'd really have to think. What I would do, what I would do at, like, probably at the drop of a hat would be. The number nine pick next year's first and Bagley. And if they had any, if they wanted Buddy for whatever unknown reason, then count it, count it, done, consider it done. And shit, Holmes too, sign and trade his ass too if that was going to get Shea. But I think for me, honestly, the Fox and Halliburton are untouchable because. I get what people say, the argument of, like, trading Halliburton, someone who's so young for, like, a more established star that you, that Sack would probably never get otherwise. But, I mean, what's the point in that? Like, if you finally hit on a draft pick and then you just give up on them before you even know what their full potential is for someone who's probably already a lot closer to their peak, like, what are you really accomplishing? There's no one really in the league besides maybe three or four people that the Kings are definitely not going to get anyway that would make enough difference to take them like through the playoffs, you know? So even if it was Bradley Beal, who is <clears throat> at the very top of my list of all-stars, uh, like even if the Kings somehow traded for him, that's, that's not going to be enough to take him to the promised land. So what's the point, you know? Yeah, I guess, well, the point is that Kings fans probably want to make the playoffs and somebody like that might make might take them there. Might, but you might get there without him, too. So you wouldn't, t- you wouldn't trade Tyrese for Shea, is what you're saying? Tyrese is no, 23. Uh, to, to be honest, I don't think I would. Tyrese is about a year and a half younger. Than uh, Shea. Yeah, Tyrese stayed in, stayed in college. He just Shea just turned twenty three years old. Uh, Tyrese is twenty one. Born in February two thousand. Shea born in July of ninety eight. So he's about a year and eight months. 
younger. You're asking you're asking a little bit too hard of a question now, man. Come on, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so who do you have number six? Man, we talked so damn much I can't even remember what happened, man. Okay. With the number six hit in the twenty twenty one NBA draft. Oklahoma City Thunder select. James Bonight from Yukon. Is, is Bonight or Book Knight? I've heard both. Personally I think that's pronounced Bow Knight, but I've definitely heard Book Knight. I'm not sure which is right. I was I was hoping you say Book Knight so you could say so I could say Book It. Yeah, okay. James Book Knight. Book it. <laughs> You're stupid. Um, you know, I was I was a little bit on the fence between Kaminga and we'll say Book Knight, uh, even though I hate it. But I think I think James is James Booknight is a little bit more ready for the NBA. And I think that um, his size is kind of going to be the factor that is going to be the make or break because he's a little bit undersized. Uh, and I think that that would be a good fit with Shea in the backcourt. So I think they could probably get the most out of him. He's three-level scorer. He plays defense. He's not an amazing defender, but he's willing to do it. Willing to get down and dirty. He's, he's I mean, for his size, he's not he's not a bad rebounder. A lot of people are kind of on the fence about where he should be drafted between five and ten. Um, but the same can easily be said for Kaminga, and Kaminga is a lot more. Uh, he's a lot more boomer bust, I think. Like, he has some amazing potential, but he's also a lot more raw still. Bo Knight's second-year second year guy. Obviously, Kaminga didn't even play in college. He went to the G League, which at the first couple games of that bubble, he looked really damn good. Like, I was I was impressed. He, he did a lot more than what I thought uh, he was capable of, but then he kind of fell off his sock. His shot selection rather went down the toilet and then he got hurt. So I think those are all kind of playing into people's um, hesitancy on, on where he should be drafted. He wouldn't, like I said, he wouldn't have been a bad fit. I just think that uh, this pick is a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit safer. Yeah. So Jonathan, we're just kind of James Book Knight. That's right. James Bonat. Oklahoma City Thunder. They're in rebuilding mode, so honestly. And they have so many picks, dude, in the next whatever three years that it wouldn't even be the biggest deal if this pick was like eh. bust. Yeah. Which I don't think it'll be. I think that'll be a, a really dynamic backcourt. Yeah, he's not a freshman, he's a sophomore, so he's a little bit more NBA-ready, but also OKC has the time to develop these players, especially if they trade away Shea like we were talking about, Mm -hmm. which personally I wouldn't do, but we'll see. 
All right, my man, who's next? Number seven pick. We'll just go with the guy you were just talking about, Jonathan Kuminga, small forward out of the Congo. Six foot eight, 205 pounds. Pretty much, I just kind of see uh, Golden State trying to move off of um, dang, spacing. What's his name? Looney? No, small forward. Um, Wiggins? Yeah, Andrew Wiggins. I see him trying to get rid of his contract. So they're going to have to have some type of filler in that position. Mm. And Kuminga. Is probably out of well, out of everybody available, is probably the best available at number seven. I we could probably see a trade happening here because obviously it's Golden State. We have Clay Thompson coming back, and they'll probably be fighting for a position for the playoffs. But we'll have to see how that goes. We'll see if they can stay healthy. We'll see how Clay plays. We'll see how if Steph could stay healthy, and we'll see if they hold on to um, hold on to um, Andrew Wiggins. If they don't go Kuminga, I could see them going for Moses Moody, just because everybody's saying he's pretty pretty solid, a uh, great three and D player. Everything I have to say about Moses, which is why everybody in this vicinity of the draft is. Wanting to get him, but their position in need really is at the small forward position. After they got, after there's no more Kevin Durant, Harrison Barnes is now on the Sacramento Kings, <laughs> and Andrew Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> and Kelly Oubre is probably gone. Yeah, Oubre is probably gone. He's probably doing some commercials or something. So we'll oh, see. Carmack. <laughs> yeah. Well, tsunami Poppy, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I could I could um you know I, I see this is off topic, but I could see Ubre on the Thunder. To develop? Wasn't he on the Thunder or something like that? Wasn't that part of that trade? And then he got that traded to that trade. I think that they had him and then they were like, now nah, we're good and immediately moved him. Yeah, but so he was there. As far as the skill set and the match, like they may not want him, but I could see him fitting in there. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say about Kuminga? Uh, I mean, I pretty much said it. I think that this is a great landing landing spot for him. I think that this will give him the time and resources to develop, and obviously that's. That's a great locker room, like an all-time great locker room to learn from. Uh, between Draymond and Clay and Steph and Kerr, and I mean, that's a lot of it. NBA experience, some of the most that you're probably ever gonna find. Championship experience, I should say. Uh, so, like I've already said, he's boomer bust. They can afford to sit sit on him for a while and wait, and then he'll have a golden opportunity to make the most of his time there. Uh, I'm not sure what, what's going to be the situation with the G league this upcoming season. And he's been 
he's a pretty high pick to play in the G League, but just because they're so deep and they're going to be making a playoff run, I wouldn't be surprised if he spent time in the G League. Um, and then he'll come back when that season's over and it'll be playoff time. So he might also get some really meaningful minutes there. Uh, I think, yeah, that's a great place, a great landing spot for him. Yeah, he's and six a, foot eight, seven foot wingspan, great body type, and a solid pickup for the future. Like that's a solid, uh, long term type of move for Golden State. Yeah, he could be kind of like the THT of the Warriors. You know what I mean? Maybe. So Maybe. there's the number seven pick, Jonathan Kuminga, small forward out of the Congo. And now to number eight, Orlando Magic are on the board for the number eight pick in the 2021 NBA draft. Back to the Magic already, huh? Um, you know what? This is really hard. I don't know. Like, I feel like they might just move this. Uh, it makes sense for them to move it because they have so many young players already, and there's no one here. This is they're they're in a they're in a big block of mostly wings at this point in the draft, and they do not need wings. I would say maybe Josh Giddy because they have so much scoring talent and potential already there that they could use someone like this to really set people up. But um, they kind of just went there with Scotty Barnes, so this would be a little bit counterintuitive. Um, Davion Mitchell's there with a lot of grit and potential as a guard, but like I said, they're pretty stacked on guards right now, so I can't really make a pick. I can't really make a trade for them here. Uh, I mean, do you see anyone here that you'd like, you feel like would be a good fit for them? For Orlando? Mm hmm. Not really, because they're a younger team. They kind of have all the positions filled after that Scotty Barnes pickup. So unless they're doing some type of trade, which I don't really see them unless they're trying to take on salary or something. Um, no, not really. Maybe just uh, insurance for Raquel Fultz. I think what they mostly need is a big, but this is super early to take any of these bigs here. Um, I mean, this one's a little bit out there. This might be a bit of a stretch, and I haven't seen any ties to this player for this team. Um, I'm almost tempted to go Jalen Johnson here, and this is super high for where I'm comfortable taking him, but I mean, he's still really probably end up being a wing in the NBA. So I'm going to go with the first person listed here as a center, which is also a guy that a lot of people have uh, suggested could be a sleeper. And earlier in the season, he was ranked higher than what he is now. And that's going to be Alperin Sengun out of Turkey. What do you see out of him? Don't go ahead and jump in. I'll take care of this one. <laughs> <laughs> this dude, I mean, like I said, he's listed as a center. He's pretty undersized. He might still be growing. He's pretty damn young still. 
uh, last time I looked, he was listed as 6'9", which in the NBA is not really center material, especially when you're as skinny as he is. But this dude has some outstanding, some of the best footwork I've ever seen, definitely in the last 12 years in the NBA. His footwork yeah. on the his footwork in the low plo in the low post and down on the block is just like very special. And um he has some he has some potential as a secondary like a playmaker out of the post kind of. Uh and also as a shooter. Not really uh, he'll need to improve on defense. I feel like he has a pretty uh pretty low ceiling as far as defensive capabilities, but uh, with the second, with this second first rounder, I feel like they can kind of gamble a little bit, and this is a gamble that has potential for high reward. Yeah, I saw some stuff on him. He's a pretty good ball handler. I saw him a couple times bring the ball full court, but the scary thing you kind of already hinted at it, it was just his his size. He's super skinny. Like he's really tall. It looks like he's one of those players that just had a crazy growth spurt. I'm mm. not sure if that's exactly what happened to him, but he's super skinny. His handle is pretty good, but you're just worried about um, longevity and toughness with this guy. But he definitely has a really good upside. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Anybody you compare him to? Oh, no, not really. I mean, I've seen comparisons, and I do see some similarities, not in size and uh, not in body type for sure, but uh, maybe I've seen these uh, Jokic comparisons, Nikola Jokic, as far as that European style uh, footwork on the low block and passing from the post. I can see that, those comparisons. He's definitely a lot smaller. And we'll see if he's anywhere near the score. And I feel confident saying he's not the facilitator that Jokic is. But uh, just as far as style of play, those those two, there's comparisons to be drawn. Yeah. And so the number it, nine pick. The other, the other, um, the other one I was looking at here, kind of considering was uh Uzman Garuba. This would be this would be really high to take him. But he's like a defensive ace. Big body, like wide body center, but also a little bit short. Probably play a lot of power forward. And he's he's played in um EuroLeague. And for his age and his skill set, he has some really big minutes this year, which um would be pretty reassuring to an NBA franchise, which I mean that same the same applies to Singoon, but just based off of uh, kind of where there are in a lot of big boards and and I'd say the ceiling I I went with a little bit more of a gamble, which is Singoon. Yeah. yeah. So now the pick everybody's been waiting for, <laughs> the number nine pick, which has had a couple of people attached to it, 
Franz Wagner is one of them. Josh Giddy recently. But since this person dropped a little bit, and I'm sure this is what Kings are Kings fans are hoping for. I'm gonna have to go with the Kings maybe need Jesus. But if we can't have Jesus, <laughs> we will take Moses Moody with the number nine pick. Moses Moody, six foot six inch shooting guard out of Arkansas. Whoa, 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 whoa! How the hell did you end up with the Kings pick? We need to talk I'm about it. I have no idea. <laughs> but Moses, shooting guard. Yeah, they might not need a shooting guard, but Moses is one of the most NBA ready um, prospects that are coming out, which I feel like I've been saying that a lot tonight. One of the most NBA ready people. He's great 3 and D player, which is something that the Kings need after having to deal with Buddy Hill for a couple years, which hopefully. Might be on the trade block. Might be getting traded. And if it's true that the Kings are going to be making that trade of Buddy Heald to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell, then you're definitely going to need as much defense as you could get. <laughs> so I will be taking Moses Moody shooting guard as a number nine pick. Hmm. Great yeah, defender, first... pretty good playmaker. Uh, he's one of those players that could grab and go off a rebound, which is one of the top players that the Kings have been missing for the last couple of years, besides Halliburton and Fox, obviously. So if you're bringing Moses Moody off the bench, along with um, DeLon Wright and Terrence Davis, which uh, they picked up the option today on Terrence Davis. He's going to have some competition, but supposedly he has really great upside. So if he doesn't, he's either going to work out with the Kings or he's not. And I know there's a lot of people that are thinking Franz Wagner, but he's kind of the, he's kind of, he is a little bit more, um, more of a vet, I would say, because he's a younger player. He's young and coming out of college, even though he played two years in college. But obviously, we'll just have to see how their careers work out. But for me, I would rather take Moses Moody just because uh, Franz, there's question marks there on uh, defense. And honestly, the Kings don't really need another defensive liability hmm. um, I'll disagree with you on a couple of things I think that Franz is actually known for being a, a pretty solid defender especially team defense um, something I didn't know up in just until these last couple of days is apparently Franz and uh, Harrison were working out together in the off season they worked out in like the same gym or something like that I don't know where or why or what, but uh, he 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 said that Harrison was like a mentor to him, 
they have pretty similar body types. Uh, they both, they both um, kind of flux between the three and the four, which would be which would work out really well if they were on the floor together. Um, he's he's got promise as a shooter. He's not an amazing shooter, but he's not a bad shooter. He's serviceable for sure. Uh, he's a he's a he's got a high IQ. That's what a lot of people say about him, and you can see that if you watch his highlights for Michigan. He knows where to be. He knows when to be there. He knows how what what positions to put himself in to get the ball and score. And he also knows what positions to put his teammates in. Um, so I feel like he. I feel like he's one of those guys that I've been saying has a, a, a higher floor. I don't necessarily feel super confident in his ceiling, but I like his fit for the Kings. Um, in this spot, it's a little sketchy to me, but I don't think he would make it very far past this. I could easily see him being drafted at 10, 11, or 12. Um, and to be honest, I could see him being drafted before this. Uh, in tomorrow's draft, earlier than this, I should say, um, for France. Yeah. The the thing. Well, and, yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say the thing. I haven't seen it um, for sure yet, but like his culture and mostly, I'm thinking of his brother when he came to the Lakers, Mo Wagner, and even at at Michigan, the dude had heart. The dude played hard as hell all the time, and. It really showed in their, in their, um, in that championship, in that championship game. Dude went off for like forty something points in the NCAA championship game, and then he came. He didn't really carve out a role for himself in the NBA. He's still he's still there, but he you know he's nothing more than a deep bench player. But whenever he's on the floor, dude is in people's face diving for the ball, going for rebounds, like he plays with a ton of heart and fire. And if if that is applies to his brother as well, then I definitely think that there's a, a space for that kind of person on the king. Yeah. Well, honestly, out of I went with uh, Moses Moody, but I would be fine with Moody, Wagner, um Giddy or um Singoon at this spot. Hmm. I, I feel like they're kind of around the same. Of they're those, kind of around the same talent wise. Yeah, of those four players, I would definitely most. I'd be most comfortable with either Moody or Wagner because the other two don't offer much of anything on the defensive end, and uh, Wagner and Moody are both serviceable at least on defense um the thing that kind of turns me off about moody is he's like a, I mean not it's not just that he's an la kid but he's like a sierra canyon kid that they they tend to be you know like hollywood type of mindset when they get to nba they're it's more about the money they're and this is just generalizing but they usually seem like it's a little more self-centered, not as willing to work hard. And it kind of irritated me already with his comments about the Kings, you know, like I'm expecting him to answer like a robot, which isn't really fair. But like when you're going through this pre-draft processing, like if someone asks, 
there's certain questions people are asked that they're setting you up, you know? And he, he got asked, I'm sure you've probably seen this, like, who, I think the question was, like, who would be the best fit for the Kings or who can you see fitting in really well with the Sacramento Kings? And he was like, oh, probably so-and-so, like, someone else, when really he should have said, oh, I think I'd be a great fit for the Kings, you know? He, he made it, in my opinion, it was he made it clear that he he didn't, you know, he thinks he's better than that. He don't, he doesn't think the Kings will be the right place for him, which is like, dude, they're not even in the league yet. Come on, man. Yeah. But you so think I, the way I, I kind of heard it is like, he is kind of like a general answer that like he would give for any team. So I don't think, I don't know if he's really throwing shade at the Kings or if he just like something that maybe his agent had told him, like, just make sure you don't bash any team, you know, just give like a, um, vague answer to to those type of questions that way it doesn't hurt your draft stock because you never know like where you're gonna end up yeah i don't think he answered it right because he didn't really yeah i don't think he really bashed the kings i would say he wasn't like super in love with the kings like (laughs) like people want like deer and fox but to me it's kind of like a standard answer that draft picks would do yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't really be mad with either of these guys. So the fit is cool. Like I said, I think I'd slightly prefer France, but I'm not mad at this pick. So yeah, especially if you get rid of Buddy, you get Kuzma and um, Harold, then I think it'd be a really good fit. Stop saying that, man. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> All right, so you ready to move on? Yeah, number nine. Or actually, uh, number 10. Oh, shoot. I will say this. I'm sorry. I, for, for, just for convenience sake, we, we're not making any trades because we can't. We're not privy to the type of knowledge that you need to be to make realistic uh, trades. But I, I wouldn't be mad with the Kings trading back here just because there's multiple options. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, with the number ten pick, we're looking at who now? The Grizzlies. Yeah, Memphis traded with New Orleans. Uh, number ten for number ten and Jonas Vonsunas for number seventeen. Um, Eric Bledsoe and Adam Stephen Adams. There's multiple there's multiple people I could see them taking here. They really impressed me last year, uh especially like with those playing games. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, Dylan and Ja and I mean really all of them. Um so looking at this now it's hard because like I feel like their starting lineup is pretty much locked in, you know. Um I don't think yeah. there's any one position that they need to address. So yeah, for me, for me at this spot, I would probably go with the person that you already picked is is uh, Singun, since they just traded away Jonas. But I'd say that go, person's off the board. Go high, uh, just go with who has the highest potential, basically. You know, because they're probably going to be riding the bench anyway. 
Um, yeah. I could easily see France fitting in with that grit and grind culture. Um, Jalen Johnson, someone I'm really not high on, but he definitely has potential. So that's in play. Keon Johnson, I mean, he played at Tennessee. He He's dumbass athletic. It's so fun just to think about a backcourt of him and draw. But he's a lot of work. I feel like he's this will be a little bit early for him. So I'm going to say it's really between Corey Kispert and Franz Wagner. Although I did hear rumblings of Josh Giddy, which takes the ball out of uh, Jaws' hands. So I'm not really sure if I agree with that. But... Unless you bring him off the bench. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could you could do that. But I'm going to go with a little bit more. I think someone who could probably contribute the earliest. I mean, what do you think? What do you think they need more? A shooting specialist who, who can play decent defense or more of a defensive team player? Well, losing Jonas is one of their best three-point shooters, which is pretty crazy to say. <laughs> For a center position, you're shooting around 36 37%. So I'd probably just go with uh, something that's solid that's going to be coming off the bench or start maybe start. just depends on the fit. Somebody like a 3-and-D player, which is kind of hard. Honestly, um, if they don't pick somebody up in free agency, like which they don't, they won't know this year, which which is the um, fun part of this year. They don't know what they'll be getting in free agency. Mm. So I would like like a Josh Hart or somebody like that for their team. But, oh, that's interesting. But they don't know if they'll be able to get him until a couple of weeks later. So I kind of I like would that. just I would just go with um, with the draft pick unless you're going to try to trade out of here. Yeah, I do kind of like that fit. That's pretty unique. So what we'll do is just have a trade. They trade the number 10 pick for Buddy Heal. You can do a trade? I'm just playing, dude. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Kyle Kuzma's on the Memphis Grizzlies. but They're going to trade Bledsoe in the 10th for Buddy. Which is, uh, which is actually a trade that we saw on Twitter. It was, um, well, when Pelicans have the number 10 pick, it was going to be number nine. And uh, Buddy healed for Bledsoe and a number 10 pick for Cap Relief. And... Such a stupid pick. Nothing about that pick makes sense to me. Nothing. It's not even that much Cap Relief. And, I mean, no, I'd rather just, I'd rather keep Buddy for real, I'd rather keep Buddy and take that little bit of cap hit. Just take the hit? I would, man. Um, so who do you have at number 10 for the Memphis? I think it just makes too much sense. I don't think that – I think he just fits in with their culture more. So I was I was on the fence about Kispert, but I'm going to have to go Franz Wagner because I don't see him falling much farther than this anyway. Yeah, and they are kind of the team that would they they have really good players, so they they're able to take like the best talent available. 
they've made the playoffs the last couple of years, so they're able to take this type of um, hit or miss draft picks. Yeah, so I feel confident with that. I think that would be a pretty solid, solid move for them. And then that still leaves some more talent. Josh Giddy's kind of falling here, which could end up being a good thing for our teams. So that's your move, bud. Yep. So for the Hornets, I am going to go with <laughs> it's kind of hard here because there's people that are still there, but you don't know if you want to go with this other pick. This is this is yeah, this is a really tough one because most of the guys that are available are not <laughs> really fitting in. I see two, I see two guys that I think would actually be really good fits. But it's not my pick, so. Yeah, I'm not gonna have Josh Giddy, but you have um. You already have dang, what's I, I don't know, I'm spacing on his name. Leangelo, I mean, they already got Lamelo and um, freaking no, Leangelo, Leangelo too, actually. Now, matter of fact, and <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be on, <laughs> he's gonna be playing for the G League team. No, Graham, but um, Graham's Harry Terry. The the small forward is Bridges. No, the other small forward. Um, he's White played man. for Utah. White yeah. Man jump. Oh, Dang, I can't think of his name. Slickback is another name you could go by, but <laughs> uh, Gordon Gordon Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward. Yeah, so Gordon Hayward is small forward. So I don't know if I would want to go with. Um, Josh Giddy here. Yeah, no, I certainly wouldn't. I'm thinking they need a big. I can tell you that. That's definitely their number one position of need. So. Yeah, but Yuri took Aberin Singoon as a number eight pick for the Magic. Oh my goodness, I just totally forgot this. This big board I'm looking at is all weird. So there is a big that should definitely be going about this range. Honestly, I am just going to go with. <laughs> I'm thinking Isaiah Jackson as power forward, but. He's definitely. I don't see. I don't see um, Scary Terry being there much longer. Uh, they're probably going to have LaMelo handling the ball. So I'm going to go with something. Kind of out of left field, and I'm going to go with Davion Mitchell. What the fuck? Bro, you're wilding. Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. Yep, Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. Pair him with um, LaMelo Ball, which I think 
he's kind of built almost like um, Lonzo Ball as a shooting guard, more of a shooting guard off the ball, quick pass type of guard. He's got really great size. Was he like six seven for Lamelo? Mm-hmm. Six seven, six eight. So I would not mind seeing Davion as a point guard, even though he's six foot one. He's going to be a really good defender, and he's a really great three point shooter, which is something. If you're playing with Lamelo Wall, and you have a really great three point shooter, he was. Shooting 44.7% for three for college. So if you have some type of weapon like that with LaMelo, then you add that with uh, Gordon Hayward, like we were saying earlier, at the three position, who's known to be a pretty good three-point shooter as well. I say, for me, this is what I would go with. You... Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people might not do this, but... Yeah, you don't sound very confident there, bro. But since you took the center that I was thinking for them, then I'm just going to go with this guy, Davion Mitchell. You not Donovan. You would have wanted Sangoon. You think Sangoon would have been a good pickup for them? Yeah, Sangoon. There's three guys here on the board still that I'm looking at that I think would have all been great picks for them. Um, a guy that is pretty similar to Gordon Hayward that I think could be easily interchangeable or also play um, at the same time in certain lineups as Gordon, um, and that would be Corey Kispert. But really their main need is a center. And like I said, this big board that I'm looking at is a little bit different than what I think it should be. But uh, there's a guy here that fell that really may not even make it this far in tomorrow's draft. And that's Kai Jones out of Texas. Dude is a freak athlete. Very, very raw talent. Uh, (coughs) About as much of a lob threat as you could ask for. But then at times he can also shoot the three ball. Pretty out there. He's 6'10", 218. Position rank fourth. Yeah, that's bullshit. I don't believe. I don't agree with that. Um, I think this dude would be well worth the gamble. And at this point of the draft, I really don't feel like it'd be that as nearly as much of a gamble. That he just seems like an amazing fit next to those other guys. Um, beyond that, my other potential pick here would be Usman Garuba who I've already talked about, but um, he's one of the higher-rated bigs that's still there. He's he's undersized for a center for sure in the league. He's only 6'8". I don't know if that's an official measurement, but, yeah, that's hella small for a big. His wingspan is a 7'3", however. So that will make some difference. And he's known for being a defensive anchor. 229, that's pretty good size. Um, I those definitely would have been my picks, but do you it, think he could run with uh Lamelo? Yeah, he's athletic. He's he could run with Lamelo. Yeah, I think any of those three guys that I just mentioned could. Otherwise, I wouldn't have picked. I wouldn't pick. I wouldn't pick a slow traditional big for that team. Just, yeah, I for me, pick, I just I see Cody Zeller. 
For me personally, I just see um, Scary Terry leaving that team before Gordon Hayward just because of fit. I don't understand the correlation. And Terry, Terry Rozier is undersized already. So bringing in somebody that's a better shooter, less for the payroll, is why I would take Davion Mitchell. Interesting. I mean, there's lineups right now that work perfectly well with Terry, uh, Lamelo, and and uh, Hayward. Hayward all at the same time, and then uh, uh, why am I spacing right now on his first name? Devonte Graham is uh, about the. He's about I to get paid, though, right? I mean, I don't, I don't really think so. I think if it was me, I think he deserves it. But because he was hurt and because he didn't really go, he kind of fell off last year. I don't think he's going to get paid. And a lot of people are tied up, especially people that would need his services. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I'd rather keep – I would rather pick up that shooting guard, Davion Mitchell, and keep Gordon Hayward because it's harder to find a small forward like Gordon Hayward. And it's harder to find a a forward like um, Graham than it is to find a point guard like Scary Terry. So for me, I'd rather let go of Scary Terry or trade him. Grant, what are you talking about? Yeah, for for um, Hornets. Who's Grant? Graham. Oh, Graham. I thought you just said. I thought you said Grant, and I thought you said a forward. You're confusing no, the shit out of me, Dave. <laughs> Not a shooting guard. How many? No, I know he's a point shooting, guard. How many six foot shooting guards do you know in the league? No, he's a point guard. That's why I was saying Lamelo. I see him more as a shooting guard. Like you're able to, like, yeah, he's a great ball handler, but he's kind of like Lonzo, where he's like a more like a hockey assist player or like a like a shoot ahead passer and pick and roll. But when it comes to like um, to like hanging the ball and just spot up shooting, I would. That's a role that I would want Davion Mitchell in. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to agree to disagree on this one. All right. So respect to you for making your pick. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. What was that? Uh, it's number 12 that? pick. 12? We're on 13. Who was that, Spurs? No, that was 11. You're on number 12. Was that Spurs? For number 12 pick? Um, let me see. I got all confused with your strange pick right there, so I'm lost right now. Yeah, Spurs. Spurs. Man, oh man, it is so hard to try to guess what Pop would do. Um, I think they're pretty good on guards right now, so I'm not going to take it. I could easily see them using Garuba because he is a EuroLeague player, and those guys kind of pop at Pop. Um, I'd be interested to see his draft history with selecting older um, older players because Corey Kispert is 22, I think. 
But man, I feel like he's just the kind of player that Pop would like. But on the other hand, Usman is like 19, I think. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not seeing it here, but he's he's younger for sure. Uh, they lost. They're probably going to lose Rudy. They're probably going to lose um, DeRozan. They already lost Aldridge. So, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go with Usman Garuba out of Spain. This dude is actually playing in the Olympics right now, if you need a reference point for the Spanish national team. And so, and he's, I mean, how many 18, 19 year olds do you know that are going to the Olympics? And he held it down in, he held it down in probably the second best league in the world this past season for Barcelona or Madrid. One of those two. I don't, yeah, Real Madrid. Sorry, I'm tripping. Soccer ain't my shit. So that's Usman Garuba to the San Antonio Spurs. Power forward. You can call him that. Spurs. Usman Garuba. You just try to think like international player for the Spurs. That's part of what it is. Um, part of it is fit and just. It's like I said, it's so hard to try to assume what, like, it's hard to imagine what Pop is thinking or what he would do. He's kind of like that Belichick type of dude. But just the fact that, yeah, he's he's Euro. He's proven in a, another major league. He's got an NBA body and he's young. And he's fitting, he fits probably one of their bigger needs. Yeah. And the only thing, the other thing, the main reason I didn't, I picked him over Kispert is because of the age thing. I could easily see um, the Spurs taking Corey Kispert. And there's actually been a lot of ties to Josh Giddy, But the reason I don't really, I'm not feeling that one is because they, like, they have guards, you know? And he can't score for shit. And nothing about that. Nothing about that screams pop. Like, how often do you see pop draft a guy that can't shoot? That's basically his offense. Basically, I mean, pretty much everyone has to be able to shoot three pointers on that team. Yeah. Even though pop actually kind of hates shooting. I mean, he he's, hates you. No, he's came out and said that he hates the the new rule, the three point shooting, the way the new style, but. He, yeah, uh, but he still does he it. Does it, to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um 13th pick Indiana Pacers. I'm going to have to go with Just double checking my share we didn't take this person. Nope, we have not. So the Pacers, I'm going to have to go with Josh Giddy, small forward out of Australia. Yeah, good call. I can't really imagine him dropping any lower than that. He's small forward. This is a, 
I mean, not really assuming that they're going to keep Brogdon, which I think they're going to bring him back. But they're pretty set at point guard, shooting guard with um, Brogdon and Karis LeVert. So I could see them going for small forward. He's known for – we pretty much already talked about him, but he's known for a really great passer. He's one of those players that could grab and go. He's got pretty decent handles. Only downside is his defense, but – you have pretty good defenders and Miles Turner, Sabonis, Brogdon, and at times. So if you're looking at somebody to go into that starting lineup, somebody that might be NBA ready, I would go with Josh Giddy, small forward out of Australia, six foot eight. That's funny that you're calling him a small forward. Just they have him listed that. There's other people that have him at power forward. No, I don't really see him playing anything but but point guard. Point guard? Mm-hmm. That's what he played in the NBL. And that's all he's really I mean, he that's the tools he has. I don't he would get bodied. He can't shoot, so how could he be a two? He would get destroyed by most threes and every four in the NBA. So, so you don't you don't see him playing small forward in the NBA? No, hell no, not unless he gets a lot stronger. I mean, did it, did, that would give me nightmares thinking about him and him and KD matching up. <laughs> KD super super skinny. Oh, KD would body him like crazy. I'm trying to think of. I mean, just I'm just trying to think of a run of the mill small forward. But even when the with those um, players around him and Miles Turner, Sabonis, Brogdon, and Chris Levert, you don't think that they'd be able to make up for that? Because even if he does play, <laughs> say he's listening as small forward, but he does play with that lineup, I could still see Brogdon. Guarding small forwards and maybe Karis Levert <laughs> helping him out on defense. Yeah, so Miles Turner is one of the top. So uh, you're you're saying that he would be playing point forward, right? Well, interchangeable, really. Those 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 three guys with Levert, <laughs> Brogdon, and Giddy. But Giddy can't shoot. He has he has to bring the ball up because he can't do anything else. Yeah, but he has a team full of shooters is what I'm saying. Right. Which is why I'm saying that he would have to play point. You can't have someone else bring up the ball and then give it to him when he's not going to – when he's not going to – he can't shoot it. Dude shot like 28% from three or some shit. If if you're saying point forward, if you're saying like he he, whatever he's technically a small forward, but he brings the ball up and does everything a point guard would do, then I understand that. Like that makes sense. Yeah, but if you're saying he legit plays small forward and then just handles the ball sometimes, nah, I don't think that would work. So you'd want the ball in his hands all the time. Definitely, you have to. Yeah, I don't know. I I just think like his passing ability is, is good enough to where 
if he doesn't have a comfortable shot, he'll be able to pass it off or at least make it some type of play. Because it's is it, we're not <laughs> we're not talking about. Are you good, bro? Do you have COVID? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Um, like we're not talking about Lonzo or Lamelo, like where they're amazing at assists, but they can also easily play off ball and and whatever shoot or get to the rack, like. He's not quick enough to get to the rack on most NBA players, and he cannot shoot for shit from three. He, he, he wouldn't be nearly as effective playing off ball. I mean, sorry, it sounds like I'm trying to trash the guy right now, but it's really not the point. So, what would you want with him? You want him playing? What would you do with Brogdon and? Um... Curse Levert. How how tall is Levert? Brogdon's like six four, six five, right? I think he's six six. Uh Curse oh, Levert, I think he's like six four. Okay, then I guess Levert at the two and Brogdon at the three. Like if like I said, if yeah, you're Levert six you're six. And how, what about Brogdon? Uh look it up real quick. Six five. Yeah, so Brogdon plays a two, Levert plays a three. I mean, like I said, if you're talking about him playing point four forward, I'm fine with that. But um, have you um, ever to heard me, hmm? to me the, the NBA these days is more like have as much playmakers as you can on the court. Have so heard... to me, I'd I'd throw all three of those guys out there and just have them figure it out. Have you uh, have you heard Malcolm Brogdon's voice? No. For whatever reason, I guess I like super deep or something. Never heard it like for his first four years in the league. Dude's voice is so damn deep; it sounds weird. He sounds like a villain from a comic book show. Yeah, and I know he gave like some type of speech when all the um, when that killing happened of um, dang last year. God damn, man, you sound like a dick right now. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, George Floyd. Yeah, well, it wasn't just George Floyd. It was a couple, that guy that got ran down pretty much. But, it was too, uh, but yeah, it's something we don't need to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> it's not picking out of right now because that's a whole podcast right there. Yeah, I agree. And it ain't a basketball podcast. Um. So... Fucking no! So I'm not mad at your pick. The fit would they'd need to tweak it a little bit. Sure, it would take some work, but yeah, I'm cool with that. So what is? I mean, do you have his numbers off top of off your hand? For Josh Giddy, it is uh ten eleven points, ten point nine points per game with eleven points, seven point four rebounds per game, seven point five assists per game. I mean more like his percentages. Oh, three point was, yeah, like you said, right, right around thirty percent. Uh, it doesn't show his field goal percentage. I'll look at it real quick. But the the reason I would take him there is just because of the fit. Like you have a whole bunch of three point shooters on the team. 
and for that team, they're able to take like it's available. They have the talent to take that type of a jump. Yeah, and it'd be pretty cool watching him feed Sabonis in the post and stuff. I think that he would be a good fit on offense. Yeah, for he shot reasons you're forty-two. Well, forty-three percent field goal percentage while shooting thirty percent from three. So trash. Yeah. All right. Well, let's not give everyone the blueprint of how to destroy him and then. But yeah. once, <laughs> but once we get to like this, this part of the draft, like we're not talking about like perennial all stars here. We're talking about role players. So. Yeah, but I mean, in most rejections, he's like top top, top ten. 10. Um, but yeah, we go ahead and move on. So next up is Pelicans. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. That's easy. Done deal. I could pick right off tops. Oh, wait, no. We're on pick 14, Golden State Warriors. I don't know why I keep thinking 14, 17. Pelicans pick yeah, at 17. Yeah, Pelicans. Oh, shit. Well, that makes this a little bit more complicated then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go with a little bit of a unique... Fit. This is tough because this has Corey Kispert fallen a little bit more than I think is realistic. But I could easily see Golden State taking either one of these guys between Kispert and Duarte. Um, the major difference is I've heard of them being linked to Duarte. Um, and for that reason... I'm going to go ahead and actually let me look at one thing. Man, this is hard. Kispert has some amazing numbers. And if they were going to be able to make the most of him, I feel like this would be a good place to do it. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with that, actually. Uh, With the 14th pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Golden State Warriors select Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, which I'm sure will have this dude ecstatic because he says he models his game after Clay Thompson. Corey Kispert. I think a, a little bit more realistic pick for tomorrow would probably be Chris, Chris Duarte. I think Kispert would most likely be gone by here, and uh, Duarte checks multiple boxes for them, but He's still here in our draft, and he makes a lot of sense. And he's two years young. Well, almost two years younger than Dorte. So that's the move. All right. For OKC. Actually, no. Sorry. (laughs) For Washington Wizards, pick number 15. I'm going to have to go with <laughs> Jalen Johnson, small forward out of deep. That's <laughs> exactly the pick I had dialed up right here. Yeah, he um, didn't finish the year out with Duke. He ended up quitting the team, but 
he has really great upside. I mean, supposedly he, he didn't really have like a great showing at Duke, but people are su- still super high on his upside. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways he's similar to Kaminga uh, with a lot of – he's got good size, great athleticism, a lot of upside. Um, his numbers are definitely skewed because his season was so short. Like uh, his percentages and stuff look very, very good. I'd say a lot better than what they they actually pr- would have been if he played out the full season. Um It'll be a unique fit trying to squeeze him in somewhere between uh, Rui and um, I'm spacing right now. Rui and uh, the dude they just drafted last year from uh, Israel. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Man, I'm tripping. It'll come to me. But, yeah, they're both forwards, and trying to fit him in will probably be pretty unique. But they already have two perennial all-stars with Beal and Westbrook. So that'll be a real good situation for him. And we already know Westbrook pushes people like a mofo. He's very driven, and he's not afraid to get in your face. So uh, I'm sure that'll be a good a – good, um, kind of environment for for Jalen Johnson with some of the questions about his ethic and maturity. Yeah. Were you thinking about Denny Abdija? Yeah, Denny Abdija, thank you. Yeah. So that's Washington Wizards number 15 pick and now for the 16th pick and 2021 draft, Oklahoma Thunder are going to select. <laughs> Who are they selecting? Oh, is it my turn? Yeah, your turn. Oh, shit. Sorry. Um, I think, like, very similar to what I said with the early, earlier pick, with just the sheer amount of picks that they have in the next couple of years. They can afford to gamble a lot more than most teams. Um, and there's a guy here that has fallen pretty he's, – he's fallen a, a lot as compared to what most mock drafts or what have you rankings where he's, where he's slated. Uh, I just want to make sure I didn't miss anyone else big. It doesn't look like it. So, yeah, they're going to go ahead and select Keon Johnson out of – Tennessee dude set an all-time record or a combine record for uh, the vertical jump. He's only 6'5", so he's going to be a little bit of a kind of less bulky James Harden type of body style. He's shooting guard, really, but he's not great as a shooter. I'd say his pro comp which is going to be a big turnoff for a lot of Kings fans or fans in general, as of right now, would probably be Ben McLemore. Uh, I'm definitely hoping that this dude can be more successful than that. But, uh, yeah, just based off his athletic, uh, his sheer athleticism and his potential, if he if he gets better as a shooter, I think this would be a good fit. He's, he's, he's pretty – I mean, he's – 
as decent, serviceable as a as a defender. That's probably besides his athleticism, his best quality as of right now. And yeah. yeah, I mean, who was the team I was even picking for? <laughs> this is for uh, OKC. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah, that's right. That's what I was gonna say. So that could be another interesting. I mean, he could, he'll have time to develop. Uh, there's already some good guards there that are gonna begin the bulk of the minutes, and like I said, they can afford to kind of gamble on his on his potential. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a really unique lineup to see him in there with Dort, if in just like a straight defensive lineup. So all right, well, don't tell me, don't tell me how much you love to pick all at once, dude. I mean, it's a fine pick. Once, like I said, once we get to this part of the draft, it's kind of like a crapshoot. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so I'm hurt. Make... Oh my gosh. Let's see what we got. <clears throat> All right. So, really, I wanted to say Corey Kispert right here at number 17 if he would have fell down. but Yeah, that would have been an amazing fit. <clears throat> Since Corey Kispert is not available, I'm going to go with a backup for Zion and go with Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky. Hmm. Interesting. He's uh, known for his wingspan, known for his hops. So he has the potential to be a defender. Well, the reason I'm going to go with him is because he has upside. And right now, Pelicans are pretty much set in the rotation, so he'll have the time to develop. And also, there was news today that Jackson Hayes <laughs> beat up a cop. So you'll need some type of big just in case, just like as uh, insurance policy in case something happens there. And you just picked up Jonas. You're still going to have, um, dang, what's his name? Hernan Gomez, Willie, yeah, Willie Hernan Gomez mm. for backup center, but small forward position. I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, but pretty much you you picked him up last year as a rookie. Um, for the guard position, they're pretty much set. Even if they if they lose Lonzo Ball, which I'm not <laughs> completely sure is going to happen because. If they don't get Kyle Laurie, I just see him matching for Lonzo and then trying to get something else there. Or using it for like some 
I was gonna say they're gonna use it for a center, but they have uh, Jonas, so I don't I don't know what they would use it for. Maybe to re-sign Josh Hart, even though they're pretty deep. They have Nikhil Alexander Walker. They have um, Kyra Lewis, and they have, like I said already, center positions. The parts where they're where they need help is small forward and power forward. Even though last year. They picked up Najee Marshall, small forward rookie last year at Xavier. He was a really good fit for them, really good defender. He was kind of like a bigger Josh Hart for them last year. So I don't really see him having to go for somebody at a small forward position unless they have, like, really great upside. And then you have James Johnson as a power forward, but who knows what's going to happen with him if they're going to keep him or move him. So that's why I decided to go with Isaiah Isaiah Jackson at the power forward position since you already have a stretch five with Willie and a stretch five with um, Jonas. Hmm. Interesting. There's a couple of guys I think would have fit way better um, with them. My my first, eh, I don't know, I wouldn't say they're either one would be really solid. Um, like you said, a small forward wouldn't be bad for them right now. And um, Zaire Williams still there, which I totally spaced on. He will probably definitely be gone at this point tomorrow, I would assume. Um, and Chris Duarte, either one of those would have been a super solid swoop. But Isaiah Jackson, I mean, he's big, athletic. It'd be That'll be interesting. That'd be an interesting fit to, to see. Um, so that was what 17 I think we should just basically go rapid fire through the rest of the first round if you're cool with that yeah let's do it um, so who's next OKC at 18 OKC again god again. damn fucking OKC <laughs> okay so this is on lock then if this guy was still here and continuing with the trend of going with the highest potential um, kind of, I guess, lowest risk, I think Zaire Williams out of Stanford would be a complete lock here. This would be a pretty spectacular trio of picks for them. If they could pull that off. Um, he's yeah. I think he with he just met with Mike Schmitz like a week or two ago, and he said barefooted he measured uh, six nine. So dude's got some size. He's skinny for sure. In high school, he was a straight stud. He's he struggled at Stanford last year, but uh, I I'm not gonna I at this at this point of the draft it's it's low risk like i would definitely be willing to to gamble quote unquote gamble on this kid uh figuring it out he he aced his interviews from from the interviews that i've watched and from what i've heard of his team interviews he did outstanding which means a, something to me so yeah that's the pick here i feel like it's about as easy a pick as it gets all right so who's next What team? 
Hello. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to look it up. Hold on, number 19 pick. That's Knicks. It's going to be New York Knicks. Okay. Oh. Okay, yeah. This is probably my ideal fit um, for the Knicks. Well, really, Josh Giddy would probably be my ideal fit for, the, for them, but they have to move up. Uh, as far as who's left, I think Sharif Cooper is a is is a pretty easy pick. Um, not really known for his scoring, a little bit undersized, but a great floor general. There's been comparisons made with like a Rondo esque type of player. A lot more, a lot more speedy. He's 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 a small, shifty, quick type of player. Um, I think that that's a really good fit, and I would. I'm not mad at that pick at all for the New York Knicks. For who? Huh? Who did you say at um, 19 again? Sharif Cooper out of Auburn. Sharif Cooper? Not Sharif O'Neal. <laughs> he was supposed to come out in this draft, wasn't he? He was supposed to come out last draft. But uh, yeah, he's staying at LSU for another year. All right, who's next? Number twenty is not the Hawks. It is the Hawks. I was gonna say the Hawks. Man, the Hawks are so stacked with dudes that I just love at posit at like super versatile positions. I don't know. I don't know where to go from here. Um, I want to say Trey Murphy, but he's so similar to some of the other guys that they already have. They don't really need a big. I'm assuming that they're going to keep uh, John Collins. Maybe go for like a high, like a gamble, high upside type of dude. Which would be Trey. Oh. I was going to say JT Thor is kind of a gamble, but I think it's a little bit too, a little bit too early to go that deep on the gambles. Uh, a backup for Trey Young, who has time to develop, I'm cool with. Uh, I'd say Trey Mann. Trey Mann out of Florida. Don't forget, we still haven't said Chris Dort. Oh, fuck. You know what? I don't think that this is the fit for him. And actually... I like him a lot better on the Knicks, so we'll go. We'll go Cam Thomas, just a straight bucket getter, who can kind of le- learn from Lou Will, because I don't think, I think this dude is like the exact mold of a six man, uh, and who better to learn six man shit from than Lou Will? So we'll go with Cam Thomas out of LSU to the Hawks, and then immediately after that, yeah, the spark plug. Immediately after that is back to the Knicks, and this is another great pick for them. This is going to be an incredibly successful draft. They both get both of these guys. Chris Duarte out of Oregon, good two-way player. I I get a lot of Clay Thompson vibes outside of the age, uh, the style of play. He he probably dribbles. He he definitely dribbles the ball a lot more than Clay, but 
uh, as far as it being a two-way guard, two-way guard, and they're almost exactly the same size. Who's got uh, pick twenty-two? Uh, never mind. Lakers got pick number twenty-two. I don't even need to ask that. Yeah, and Lakers. Sacramento Kings. <laughs> you know we're getting close to that to that. Uh, range where I want the Kings to trade back. But I think there's two guys really here um, that can – man, there's really three guys. I'd say it's going to be between Nashawn High, Bones Highland from VCU, uh, scoring, versatile scorer, and somewhat of a two-way player. Uh, I know that he seems to be in love with the Lakers and they had him in for a workout. Ayo Desumu, who I think is super underrated. Um, I just don't know if this is quite the right time and place for that, for him. Um, I could easily see either of those guys, but the one that makes the most sense to me personally, and it's another guy who they have had in for a workout is Miles McBride out of West Virginia. Dude is only 6'2", 200 pounds. I wish I could see his stats on here. He averaged like a steal and a half and a block and a half, I want to say. And he's a solid three-point shooter. And he has like a 6'8 wingspan, I think. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, so he's not afraid to pressure. And he was known for be- for guarding the opposing team's best player pretty much all season. This dude carried his West yeah. Virginia team, which deprived of talent. Huh? Yeah. His wingspan is close to 6'9", uh, 16 points per game, four rebounds per game, five assists per game, while shooting 41% from three. Yeah, see, that's some nice shit. What about, what was it, steal and block? Um, it's not giving me that info here. I think he had a little bit of a turnover issue. I want to say like three turnovers a game or something. Yeah, but on that team, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Right. Since you have LeBron hogging the ball. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so we'll go with that. Number 22, number 23 pick is going to be the Houston Rockets again. Um, trying to see, making sure I don't miss anybody. You you already picked Zaire, right? Williams at yeah, number 18. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm thinking, I'm talking about it's kind of kind of sucks because the players around this area are point guard, shooting guard, which we already kind of. Yeah, we just went through a big stretch of wings, like big stretch of threes and tweeners, and yeah, now we're in a lot of guard territory. Did we say Kai Jones yet? We did, yeah. Well, actually, I did. I think that you. I think, holy shit! I got. I think I'm getting confused. I said Kai Jones to the Hornets, but I think, yeah, I made that pick right. Hornets were were they even number? 12? Were they 12? 
thought you were keeping a list, damn it. Hello? Yeah, yeah. He's not. We haven't taken him yet. I have uh, I took Davion Mitchell at number 11 for the Hornets. Oh, that's right. You picked, motherfucker. And then we have. Yeah, we haven't taken him yet. So I'm going to take Kaijun's right here. Yeah, that dude definitely would have been gone. Fuck. Okay, well. Houston actually has back to back picks, so. Huh? Houston has back-to-back picks, so they take Kai Jones at number 23. And who do you have him taking at number 24? Trey Murphy from Virginia. 3ND. And then number 25 is going to be... Clippers... No, I don't even want to make you're gonna to have to make this one, bro. For uh Lakers pick, who did you end up picking again? Uh Miles McBride. You didn't take Nashawn? No. Alright, so I'll take him here. Nashawn Highland point guard. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. With that. Uh, what was that? I was just going to say he has a pretty similar profile to Miles McBride, who I chose for the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah, we, you kind of already touched on him, so we'll just go ahead and rapid fire this. Number 25 pick is going to be. Sorry, I mean, number 26 pick for the um, Sixers. So. Clippers were 25 and Sixers are I don't know. Denver, Denver Nuggets are number 26. Your favorite team. <laughs> so Clippers were 25 and now it's Nuggets at 26? Yeah, your favorite team. Uh, you funny. You funny boy. Can't stand them. I don't even know what to pick for them, dude. They're so deep. Um, Wait, real quick. You had – who did you have for – um? Uh, Rocket's second pick? Uh, Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy. All right. I just want to make sure I don't miss him. Yeah, so right now we're at 26 for the Nuggets. And you're going to go with? I'm just going to go for straight potential because, like I said, they're so deep. Uh, and I guess in that case, this dude really pops out. JT Thor out of Auburn. JT Thor, anything you want to say about him? Oh, man, I could talk a lot about him. Uh, very raw. Very, very raw. Going to be at least a year or two in the G League unless he goes to an absolute garbage team where he can get minutes. Um Dude is tall and lanky as heck. I think he's 6'10". Uh, not quite Kevin Durant lanky, but he's he's pretty darn athletic. And his shot, actually, a lot of people probably won't agree with this, but his release reminds me a lot of Kevin Durant. Um, obviously, he has a 
super long way to go to be as efficient as Kevin Durant or anywhere near the three-point shooter that Kevin Durant is, but just specifically his form reminds me of him. Uh, so, yeah, that'll be that. I'll leave that at that. Look him up if you don't know him or if you want to see his highlights. I think it's worth watching. Who's next? Yeah, so the 27th pick once again. Houston Rockets. Good. I'm just gonna go for. <laughs> I'm just gonna go for death here. And I'm gonna go with Clayton Grimes, shooting guard, out of Houston. Solid, solid. I thought I considered that for their last pick. Um, Brandon Boston, which is cool. He he goes from, he stays in Houston, so he'll be comfortable playing there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he's been tearing it up. Uh, excuse me, at the yeah, combine, combine scrimmage, that dude torched it. He was the leading scorer, and I mean, yeah, you can look those scrimmage videos up if you want to see a little bit of his game. Yeah, he's a really good shooter. He's really like a bench player with what Houston has, kind of like a what we said earlier. He's going to be able to learn from John Wall. Even Kevin Porter a little bit, but this is more like bench roles, development roles. So we're kind of rapid firing these. Mm-hmm. So now the twenty eighth pick going to the seventy six, the seventy sixers. Your other favorite team. Twenty seventh. Twenty Go with the 76ers. 76ers. 76ers are garbage. Oh, man. You know what? I think it sucks because I really like this player, and I wouldn't necessarily want them to go to the 76ers, but I think uh, think the plan is definitely for them to move on from Ben Simmons, and if so, this person would be a a really solid – like true point guard, and that is gonna be if my phone will stop tripping. Jason, and this is honestly a, a bit early to take him, but Jason Preston out of Ohio, dude played at a small school, but really stepped up this last year. Uh, got some unique opportunities with COVID. He's six four, one eighty seven. Obviously, like most rookies, he needs to put on a bit of weight, but he's a he's a very solid ball handler. He, I wish I had his numbers in front of me. He he, dude looked like about as close as you can get to a triple double threat in college. Uh, he's he's quick. He's got a nice handle. Gets to the rack. He shot the three ball pretty well, and he sets up his teammates really well. So I think he'll fit pretty seamlessly with the Seventy Sixers. Who's next? Uh, 29th pick. He's going to go for uh, Phoenix Suns. And I'm just going to go. I don't really see Chris Paul being there long term, so I'm just going to go with the point guard, the backup point guard, somebody you could develop. And that's going to be Trey Mann out of Florida. He's already gone, bro. Took him? I don't see him. I took him as the backup to uh, Trey Young. What was that, pick 20? 
No, didn't you say Cam Thomas? Oh, you're, I, you're right. I switched it. I was. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you said Cam Thomas. So I'm going to take Trey Man here. Yeah, number 29. He'll have some time to develop. Uh, CP3 still there. You still have Cameron Payne, even though I'm not super high on him. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Get him, develop him. Kind of like we're doing it with the uh, Isaiah Stewart. That's his name, right? Center, backup center. Who? What team? Suns. No, Isaiah Stewart is on uh, Pistons. You're thinking of oh, Jalen yeah. Smith. Yeah, Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah, so they'll be taking Trey Man here at number 29. And to finish off the first round, Utah is your pick. Who you're gonna go with? Um, well, since this is gonna be the last pick of our draft, uh, we're only gonna take time to do the first round here. I'm gonna do have a little fun. Um, obviously, I don't think that a trade would be likely here, but we're gonna pretend that the Kings are picking at thirty. Uh, and I also think this is probably too high to take the the player that I have in mind here. But I think that this guy is a major sleeper, and it's just someone that I want people to keep an eye out for um, if it was possible for the Kings kind of to get uh, uh, another second rounder. And that is Charles Basie, maybe Bassey, B-A-S-S-E-Y. I think it's Charles Basie out of Western Kentucky. Dude is 6'11". I think his wingspan is 7'3", and he averaged like three blocks and like 20 points. Uh, Look up his stats. Dude was a beast. I don't know why he's not getting more recognition than what he is. Uh, Probably because he played at a small school and his decision-making is a bit uh, sketchy at times. But... uh, like I said, I think dude is a sleeper. I think he'd fit well with the Kings. And he was a top prospect. I think he this was his junior year. I don't know what ended up being the determining factor that had him stay in college so long. But uh, he has like some workout videos with Taco Fall. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. He has some interesting shit if you look him up. Uh so, yeah, keep an eye on him. I'd say a couple more sleepers that if the Kings were able to to move back in with a later pick, uh, another guy I think would fit pretty well would be Isaiah Todd. Uh, obviously, if you follow the G League at all, mostly the Ignite, he played with them this past year. He was pretty low-key on that, on that squad, but he's... 610 220 and dude has a stroke like he can shoot the three ball his form is very nice i anticipate that that shot translating to the nba and i think that he would be a uh, a pretty low risk type of um sorry not a low risk it would be uh i can't even think kind of burnt out it would be it would be a gamble but i think if you could get him like mid mid to late second rounder, it would definitely be worth taking a shot on him. At the very least, give him a shot in the summer league. Um, 
And then I'll cap it off with one more guy who's a lot like a lot more likely to go probably in uh, late forties, mid late forties to fifties. I think most projections I've seen him in the fifties, about fifty four. Let me see if I could even find him on the big board. I probably won't. But another guy I see here, Jer- Jeremiah Robinson Earl, would be an interesting guy if you could get him late enough. Okay, Vrenz Bleidenberg. He's 6'10", 205 from Belgium. Look this dude up on YouTube. This is one of those Euro sleepers that he he may he really may not even get drafted. And if that's the case, Kings had better swoop this dude up for the summer league. He's got the handles and the stroke of a guard like when i was watching his his highlights at first i i would have i there was no way i could have told that he was 610 he he does not play like a big at all he mostly plays on the perimeter he's got some some promise he looks like he could develop on the defensive end and like i said he's already got very good form and a nice three point shot uh and a handle so if that dude gets a shot in the G League, uh, I think I'm willing to bet he'll he'll tear shit up. That's a very low risk type of pick at in the 50s or possibly undrafted. So yeah, his name is very, I mean, very strange. And I had trouble looking him up even when I knew his name. Uh, it's V R E N Z. Vrenz is his first name. Last name Leidenberg. B L E. I J E N B E R G H. That would be some points on Scrabble right there. But yeah, bro, that, that pretty much wraps it up for me. Yeah, just so uh, just to recap number one pick, Kate Cunningham to Detroit. Number two pick, Jalen Green to the Rockets. Number three pick, Evan Moby to the Cavs. Number four pick, Jalen Sykes to the Raptors. Uh, number five pick, Scotty Barnes to the Magic. Number six pick, James Booknight to OKC. Number seven pick, Kuminga going to the Warriors. Uh, eight pick, Aparan Singoon to the Magic. Uh, Kings pick number nine, Moses Moody. Number 10 pick, Franz Wagner to Memphis. Number 11 pick, Davion Mitchell to the Hornets. Number 12 pick, Usman Garuba to the Spurs. 13 pick, Josh Giddy to the Pacers. 14th pick, Corey Kessport. Who had the 14th pick? Um, well, 14th four- pick, Corey Kessport. Was it? Oh, uh, uh, War- Warriors, bro. Was it Warriors again? Yeah, 7 and Warriors. 14. Uh, 15, Jalen Johnson, small forward, Duke. To the Wizards, uh, Keon Johnson, number sixteen to the OKC, number seventeen Isaiah Isaiah Jackson to New Orleans, eighteenth uh, pick Zaire Williams, nineteenth pick Sharif Cooper, twentieth pick Cam Thomas to Atlanta, twenty-first uh, Chris Dwart is Dwart or Duarte, Duarte, Duarte to the Knicks. Number two, 22 pick was the Lakers. And what was the pick for that again? 
Miles McBride. Yeah, Miles McBride. Uh, 23rd pick to the Rockets was Kai Jones. Uh, 24th pick, again, the Rockets, Trey Murphy. 25th pick, Nashawn to the Clippers. Here's a Nashawn. One of those. Uh, 20... I think it's pronounced Nashawn. Nashawn. 26th pick would be Thor to the Nuggets. 27th pick was Grimes to the Rockets. And who'd you have playing? What's that? Who was it? Sixers? Yeah, Sixers. Uh, Jason Preston. Yeah, Jason okay. Preston. 29th pick to the Suns was Trey Mann. 30th pick. Somehow some wild trade happened, and the Kings got the 30th pick. <laughs> and they got Charles Bassey, or Bassey at center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they traded some Skittles and some lace chips or something like that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that is the Kings Outsiders 2021 NBA mock draft. Which this draft will probably be completely wrong, just like most mock drafts. So we'll find out with you guys tomorrow. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like all my picks are probably going to be right. Yeah, that's how everybody feels, but we'll see tomorrow. No, definitely. We'll probably, probably hop on here and go over the Kings picks or the Kings trades, whatever happens. We'll see. Mm-hmm. If something crazy happens in the draft, we'll go over that as well. Yeah, kind of hoping for some trades, honestly. Last four or five years has been at least a couple of trades, so hopefully there's something. Mm-hmm. Cross my fingers, Kings at least very I don't minimal. know. If- I don't see anybody going for number one. Do you? Nah. No, to be honest. Maybe Rockets. Like they got <laughs> they got so much capital and they supposedly really want KC. What about you don't see OKC being able to do it with all that all those picks and throwing Shea? Bro, I don't know. Like they have assets, but if if it's true that they already turned down Shea in the sixth, like what are they gonna what more are they gonna they offer? Have- they have a crazy amount of picks. Like next a first from next year, I guess they could afford to do that, but that should seems kinda crazy to me. If it was just picks, like they got so many picks. I'll probably be willing to give like two or three first rounders. Yeah, I'll probably give them three first rounders for a chance at that number one pick. But not Shea. Yeah, I would keep Shea. They have um Six, sixteen. Um, is that it? In this year, first? yeah, for the first. Maybe for the first. I think they got at least two or three <clears throat> of the second, and then like two or three first next year. Yeah, I would. I would throw those two in, but I would keep Shea and try to maybe throw in next year's first or something. You said you'd do what? <clears throat> I would throw in I would do number six pick number um sixteen and maybe next year's first or a couple of this year's seconds, but I don't think they would go for this uh, this year's seconds. Oh. Interesting. But yeah.
I'll probably I'll probably offer him Bagley in the ninth. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do that. <laughs> uh, one like a sleeper pick, maybe the Seventy Sixers, but I don't think. Um, do you think Ben Simmons is enough to get the number one pick? Just straight. That'd be a crazy good. Well, for Seventy Sixers. Like straight up, Ben for the number one. Or Ben in a pick for the number one. Uh, I don't know, bro. I guess it would depend on what pick you're talking about. Like, yeah, twenty eighth. It's a Ben on the twenty eighth. See, that ain't shit. That's nothing. Like, what I might do is, I don't know. That seems tough. Maybe. Like maybe their first, if they're maybe their first Ben Simmons and like a couple of their young guys that they're not playing. Like they they have two guys two guys they drafted last year that I really like, uh, Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Even that kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't really. See, I don't see Detroit trading out of there anyway. So yeah, it's probably the bad. only one maybe would be um, Rockets if they want to win now, but they have a new GM, so I don't know if they're going to be going that route. Mm. And then maybe Raptors might. I don't know, number four pick. Just because they have a Siakam, they have a pretty decent team. They just need a couple of solid players. I don't. I think they'd have to give up too much. I don't think it'd be worth it for the Raptors. I well, no, for them to trade out of number four. I'm saying. Oh, I thought you meant trade for number one. No, for them to trade out of number four. Yeah, I mean that might be worth it for them. That would also take a that would take a pretty serious offer. Yeah. Maybe uh I don't think that Orlando would do that, but I was gonna say if they if Orlando wanted to move their both of their picks, but I mean that only takes them up one spot. If there's someone that they really want for number four. Yeah. No, I don't think they would do it. Maybe if they're trying to get like Evan Mobley or something, I, I could see them doing that. Train number five and number um, eight or number three. See, if I had the would third you do, pick, would huh? you do? Um, would you do five and eight or five and Bomba for Evan Mobley? If I was who? If you're magic. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> if you're the Cavs. No. No? No. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, there. there's different ways that this, this could go. Like, there could be a team that ends up trading for Jerry Allen after Cavs trade or draft Evan Mobley. Or, like... Other teams like Warriors, 
I can't really see the other team because OKC, Magic, Cavs, Rockets, Detroit are all rebuilding, so I don't really see them training the pick. But like other teams, like Warriors, uh, Memphis, maybe Sacramento, I could see them trying to trade out, and Raptors trying to trade out. But besides that, we already had one trade with um, Memphis and New Orleans. So, yeah, and supposedly they're looking to trade again. We'll see. Could be exciting. Yeah, could be like a record number of trades, or it could be no trades. So, yeah, we'll so see. we'll see. Anyway, that wraps up the mock draft for this year. Um, thank you guys for listening. Anything yeah, you want to say to our listeners? No, I mean, if anyone made it this far, <laughs> cool. Appreciate you. Um, I was pretty stoked about this. I love mock drafts. I just love the draft in general. I love uh, scouting talent and trying to find the best fit. I think most guys are definitely top three. 30 or definitely top 20 that come through the NBA draft like if they have the right fit and they have the right opportunity I think that they could all become very successful that's why they made it this far but uh, I think that sometimes the cards just fall in a way that's not the most beneficial for the player or the team and that's why it always seems like there's so many busts or so little talent in a draft Yeah. So until next time, maybe after the NBA draft, after the Kings um, make their selection, we'll um, get back on here. If not then, then for sure after free agency, after hopefully the Kings make some type of splash, we'll be putting out a podcast. So if you guys I'd love to do episodes either tomorrow during the draft or after the draft. If not, then over the weekend to talk about everything. Yeah, we'll probably do like an immediate reaction to the draft. Hopefully, we put this out with enough time for you guys to listen to it. If not, then you're probably not hearing this anyway. So, If we did give, put it out with enough time for you to listen, then you probably have no life. But uh, we'll see you guys at Golden One Center tomorrow night. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Peace out, Kings fans. Bye. Stay up.